The oldest record of fairies in England dates back to the 13th century, but their origins are connected to a collective folk belief throughout Europe. They were considered to be magical, gifted with the possibility to enchant and even curse those who crossed them. Some believe they're fallen angels, beings that are displaced, not good enough for heaven or for hell. But nowadays, fairies are for children, characters in tales of happily ever after and make-believe. They've even made their way into modern adult society. A quick Pinterest search will reveal countless ways to make your own fairy house. And these can be elaborate, artful, and beautiful. All for the sake of fun, right? But it wasn't so long ago, in the scope of history, that fairies weren't fun. They were feared. Somewhere along the way, we've lost the heavy truths our ancestors felt were important enough to pass down from generation to generation. These small, misunderstood creatures were evil, and we should be aware. But does any remnant of that distant past still exist today? There are certain herbs that serve as a reminder of the fairy folk's power. Like the foxglove, for example. Though the origin of the name is uncertain, it's believed to have derived from folksglove, folks being a term used interchangeably with fairy. But because acknowledging fairies could be dangerous, it was changed to foxglove. For centuries, foxgloves were used for a variety of ailments that range from killing fleas, healing skin issues, to curing colds. A slow sort of poisoning. But what happens when the poison is too great for the body to handle? In 2005, a botanist committed suicide by eating foxgloves. When too much is ingested, you see, the plant can cause severe nausea, vomiting, and even death, slowing the heartbeat until it stops. Fairy magic still exists in the guise of modern medicine. Today, the digoxin found in foxglove is used in a variety of heart medications. Foxglove and its fairy connection has a fascinating and mysterious history, one I'd like to explore through story. I'm Vanessa K. Eccles, and this is Fabled. My head feels heavy on the pillow. I roll over, briefly burying my face into its cotton case before glancing over at May's bed. The blanket is pulled back, her white sheets open as if she'd just stepped out of it. I sit up, fixing my gaze on the window. A cool shiver rushes down my spine as I watch the lace curtains dance in the breeze. I slide into my robe and slippers, then light the tapered candle looping my finger into the chamber stick. The pine floors creak as I glide down the dark corridor. I softly unlatch the heavy wooden door and merge into the misty outside. A thick blanket of gray fog covers the forest floor. May? I call out, but I'm careful not to be too loud and wake Ma and Pa. Where are you? A painful force jars me backward. My long brown braid had been snatched by a wayward branch. As I untangle it, 
Movement catches the corner of my eye. May? I try again. Come on, it's cold out here. I head toward the area where I saw movement, taking more care with where I step. Dew bleeds into my slippers, turning my feet to ice. Goosebumps line my arms. I turn sharply in the direction of the sound. The trees open to a clearing. The moonlight beams on her, lying in the wet grass, bare feet, and wearing nothing but her thin cotton gown. She's dead still, arms resting on her chest, holding some sort of flower. May! I call to her, half expecting her to sit up and laugh, all of this some sort of jest. But there's a sickening feeling growing in the pit of my belly. With every step, it becomes more and more clear that something is wrong. As I step closer, I see that she's pale, almost a shade of blue. Panic rises in my chest, my breath catches, and I'm on my knees. Foxglove. Why is she holding Foxglove? I snatch the deadly purple flower from her grasp and throw it to the side. My fingers dig into the back of her ribs as I pull her close to me, so thin. Her slender frame tenses in my arms. Lee, she whispers, her breath hot on my shoulder. Let's get you to bed, I tell her, thinking only of warming her up as quickly as possible. She gently pulls away, her big, bright blue eyes finding mine. They're practically glowing in the moonlight. Wait she says, and searches the ground around her. Her skinny fingers reach for the flowers. No! I raise my voice, a stern tone of warning. She doesn't acknowledge me. She's still reaching. I try to stand but step on my robe and fall forward a little, digging my nails into the dirt to catch myself. I find my footing, rush toward the purple poison, and push the blooms to the ground as she pulls for them, the stem breaking in her hand. They're poison, I remind her, but she already knows. We've lived in this wood our whole lives, and we're taught all about the herbs and the dangers they behold. They're magic, she whispers, but she doesn't look right. There's a wildness to her eyes. They're too big, too bright, like glass. You're not to pick them, you know this, I whispered just in case they were listening. Those stories aren't true. The fairy wanted me to. Don't say their name, I warn, knowing full well the consequences of such. But she continues, as if she doesn't hear me. One came to me in a dream tonight and asked me to drink the dew from one of the cupped petals, she said, reaching again for the foxglove. You'll die. Her face lights up at this, a slight smile meeting her cheeks. It's... Enchanted, she pushes her black hair away from her face with the back of her hand, and I'm painfully aware of the poison she's unknowingly spreading. Of course it is. Even more reason to stay away from it. My wet knees burn in the dirt, growing too cold to even feel. Come, drink it with me. Stop! I yell and try to snatch it away, but she moves back, 
holding a single flower between her deathly pale fingers, and drinks the dew from its cup. Her wide blue eyes widen, her lips turn the same deep shade of purple as the flower. My heart thumps in my ears as I await its curse. Her cheeks turn, a bright pink, and her frame seems to shrink before my very eyes. Meh, I whisper, not knowing if she's still with me, not knowing if I'll ever speak to my sister again. A branch breaks behind me and I turn to see what it is. A young man, tall and slender, wearing trousers the color of the earth, approaches. My stomach jumps in fear. I glance at May, who is staring and smiling at him. Hello, my beloved, he says, crouching to meet her gaze. He reaches for her hand and kisses it like a gentleman, but I know he isn't a man. No, he is something else. Something to be feared. Something the foxglove brought with it. Don't, May, don't, I warn. The fairy sets his green eyes on me, and they grow black as the night, bleeding into all the white spaces. My body visibly quivers in fear, and I fall back into the dirt and cling to my muddy knees. The fairy draws May close, her head resting on his bare chest. He speaks, but I cannot understand what he's saying. May seems to, though, because she's nodding and gently circling her finger on his bare chest, as if they were lovers. This can't be. Their gaze is so intense, it sends shivers into my heart, jolting something foreign inside of me, something akin to a craving. My mind rushes with flashes of fairy stories, all warnings we've been told our entire lives. A male fairy is rare, but not unheard of. Wait. I pull my icy fingers to my lips, covering my mouth. Tamlin. My words are hushed and questioning, hardly able to believe my eyes. The creature turns to me with a raised brow and wicked grin. He then pulls May to him, her bare legs bent over one arm, her head, eyes closed, hung over the other as if she is asleep. Your sister is lovely. He says in an accent I don't recognize. Please, don't, I plead. It was her decision. She'll be returned. Don't worry. It's the state in which she's returned that concerns me. I'm up on my knees now, wondering if I can overpower him. I rush toward him, close my eyes upon impact, only to fall into the mud. They were gone. Movement, coming from the other side of the house, wakes me. I jolt up, remembering my dream, and rush to May's bed. Pulling back the blanket, I see her white gown is covered in mud. My heart sinks, the truth seeping into my mind. I'm so sorry, I whisper and hug her small frame, my ear on her belly. I can already hear the consequence of the truth. It's all right, dear sister. Her words are soft and distant, as if she's made peace with this impossible consequence. After telling Ma and Pa that May isn't feeling well, I travel deep into the forest and pick wild foxgloves, my pinafore, covered in purple soot. My hand shakes as I hand May the tea I'd made from the plant. Her bright eyes darken, 
as if she is already fading. I love you, I clasp her hand as she gulps down the bitter liquid. I love... Her head falls to the pillow. Her lips grow as purple as the blooms once again, her skin turning a shade of gray that resembles the darkening sky. She had sealed her fate, reuniting herself with her beloved. And my sweet sister and her child traveled from this world to the land of the Fae. Borrowing from the folklore surrounding Foxglove and Tam Lin, this story is reminiscent of fairy tales told long ago to warn women of the dangers of summoning fairies. Some of you may be familiar with the Scottish legend of Tam Lin. In most versions, Tam Lin steals the virginity of a maiden. Any girl who passes through the forest of Carterhaw and plucks a double rose will see Tam Lin appear. After her encounter with Tamlin, the maiden then returns home and is pregnant. Tam tells the maiden that he once was a human, but he's been captured by the queen of fairies. Every seven years, the fairies give a ritualistic tithe to hell, and he fears that he's next. He beseeches the maiden to help him. She's to pull him down from a white horse while he's riding with the elven knights on Halloween. She's to catch him when he falls and not to let go, no matter what. He tells her that the fairies will try to make her drop him by turning him into every sort of beast imaginable. He swears, though, that he will do her no harm. He then tells her that once he finally turns into a burning coal, she is to throw him into a well, and he'll reappear as a man. And then she must hide him. The maiden wins her night. It was believed that dew collected from foxgloves could be used to communicate with fairies. In Scottish tradition, foxgloves were strewn around babies' cradles for protection against witchery. But others believe picking a foxglove is said to bring bad luck because they're among the fairies' favorites. As if the association with foxglove and fairies isn't dark enough, in North England, Foxglove flowers in the house are said to allow the devil himself to enter. Even the Romans had mythology about foxgloves. Flora, the goddess of flowers and the season of spring, showed Hera, the wife of Zeus, how to impregnate herself with no need of a man, by touching a foxglove to her belly and breasts. An old saying I found interesting about foxgloves goes, It can raise the dead, and it can kill the living. Long believed to be associated with witchcraft and fairy magic, this beautiful flower has the darkest of pasts, its sin stretching far and long. There's another old lesson about them that bears repeating. It's said that the reason foxgloves sway, even when there's no wind, is that they're bowing to a fairy as it passes. There's no denying that modern culture, especially here in the States, is far less superstitious than in days of old. 
But I can't help but wonder if some truth exists in all these stories. They have, after all, been around for centuries. Even if we don't believe in fairies and their magic, I suppose it doesn't mean they don't exist. It may be best to take a cautious approach. As my grandmother often said, I'm not superstitious, but I don't want to take any chances. Fabled is produced by me, Vanessa K. Eccles. If you enjoy dark fairy tales, you may also enjoy my books. For more information, please visit fablecollective.com and say hello on social media at Fable Collective. I love hearing from listeners. Until next time, thank you for listening.